Hello, everybody. Welcome to Craven Iron Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Fiora, and this is my buddy here, Joey Brooks. Uh, he's a demo crew member, Action Sled Supplements. Um, you actually own a store, a supplement store now called American Macros, and you're from uh, Blairsville, Georgia. Yes, sir. All right. So uh, this podcast, I want to get um, our story out there like average individuals like us that go to the gym and just want to make a difference in our life and uh Anyway, so, um, but the way I like to start is from the beginning. All right. So from when you grew up, where you grew up, how you grew up, um, you know, what hardships you had throughout life. And, uh, I know that your supplement store is now fairly new. And, um, I know we talked previously about why you started the supplement store and what your dreams are for that and what like your future goals are. So, uh, I'd like to start from the beginning. So, Tell me a little about yourself. Uh, name's Joey Brooks. Um, 41 years old. Uh, married for 20. Okay, we've been married 17 years. Been together 21 years, just about. Uh, she'll, she'll shoot me, but she understands. She's my wife. She knows. My mind's all over the place. I can't remember how long we're married. But yeah, we've been married 17 years. Um, we got five kids. Six kids. I'm sorry, six. All of them are grown except for two are in the home now. I got a seven year old and an 18 year old at home. Um, you know, uh, my background is kind of crazy. You know, I shouldn't be, uh, in all reality, I shouldn't be where I'm at. I am at today. Um, just because, I mean, all the odds were stacked against me from a young age. Um, but it's just what you make of it. So um, I could go on for days about my my upbringing um and why i shouldn't be where i am today but um that that might take a little bit well um we can (laughs) dig into it i mean you know uh one thing that i love about this podcast is like everybody has their own story and it's all and it's always unique you know what i mean yes sir everybody's unique in their own way and uh like what represents you and that's like stories like that you know Let's get it out there now because I guarantee you your story uh, is going to attract somebody and it's, it's going to get someone's attention and they're going to be going through that now. And then the way you went through it and the way you uh, strived past it, that's going to help them in their life. And that's what my goal is, you know, and that's what all of our goals, right. obviously. So yeah, I mean, let's dig into it, man. <laughs> yes, sir. So, okay. This is kind of go hand in hand with, with me starting my, my supplement store. Um, I wanted to, you know, I want to leave my kids something. Um, I've all, it was always important to me. So from a young age, my mom and dad, um, they had me, but they were split up by the time I was six months old. Um, my dad was gone. Mom married a crack addict, alcoholic. So everything we ever had in life went to crack or alcohol. We lived in section eight housing. I was born, uh, I mean, I, that's just the way I was raised in Section 8 housing, which is basically government homes. Um, nothing personal towards it. I was never taught how to work, so my stepdad never worked. Uh, they, they, they both drew welfare. So, I mean, I never really was around somebody that taught me a work ethic growing up. Um, I mean, I was just exposed to a lot of stuff at a young age from the time I was, God, five. I've seen things no five-year-old should ever see, but I've seen it. Um, just, uh, if it wasn't for my grandmother and my uncle, 
I never probably had those positive role models in my life. My grandmother, she would come get me every weekend and she would try to teach me right from wrong and about God and all these, all that kind of stuff. And, and, uh, she knew, uh, what my life was like. So, um, she, she knew what I was around and she would, uh, she would talk to me a lot. My uncle Larry and my uncle Ronnie, they would talk to me a lot. Um, they were, they were probably the most, they were the two most influential people in my life besides my grandmother. Um, I mean, we, where we lived at was just a, it was a rough area. It really was. Um, schools weren't great. Um, gangs were all into schools. So I'd go to school, show out, not go to school for the right reasons. Um, I don't know. It was just, it was just a rough time growing up. So, uh, where was this? uh, Marietta. This was uh, 20 minutes north of uh, Atlanta. Um, so um, me and my cousin, we were the stepkids in the family. We were like brothers, man. We had each other's back. And now my stepdad's sister, she would take us in and she would, she would, she was great, man. She, she, uh, she was diabetic. She lost her leg and she had a paralyzed or she was paralyzed on her left side. But so we'd go help her on some weekends too. And she was, uh, she was probably the best person in that family. Because she would, she knew what we went through as as uh, as what we were going through, um, coming into that family, and she felt bad for us a lot of times, and she would stick her neck out for us. But um, I think my cousin, by the time I moved up where I'm at now in Blairsville, Georgia, in uh, 2000, which was 20, almost 21 years ago, and uh, not long after I moved up here, my cousin Ronnie actually got shot and killed um, uh, in a robbery. Um, he he got shot by a cop. Um, when he was, uh, he was 19, he was about to be 20. Um, they, they just got through doing a, it was like an armed robbery job or something they just did. And, uh, he got shot and killed in my mom's driveway. Actually pulled him over in my mom's yard and he took off running in my mom's yard and that's where he got shot. He died right there in my mom's front yard. So, and this is um, the that was your, was like a brother to you? Yeah. He was like a brother to me. Um, and, and, you know, just in the last four or five years, I've actually brought myself to realize that he's, you know, in my mind, he was always just, I never went to his funeral. Um, I never went around the family no more after that. It was just, in my mind, it was denial thing. Like he, he's not gone. It was, but you know, really in the last few years, I've really accepted that, you know, he's really gone. And, uh, he, he was, I mean, it, it was just, we were just, I mean, it, it's kind of hard to explain, but we were like really best friends, um, growing up. We were, um, each other's ride or die. I mean, we, man, we were, we were bad kids, but at the same time we were brothers. We ran away from home, me, him and his little brother, Bobby, we hated our lifestyle. So we tried to get away from it, but then we'd end up getting caught and coming, getting brought back home like three or four days later. Um, it was just, it was just kind of crazy growing up the way we did. And, and we should have been, uh, you know, myself, I, I was in YDC a lot growing up. Um, a lot of, uh, YDC boot camp, Um, and I guess that last time I was in boot camp when I was 17, that, that kind of gave me a wake up call. I was in there for six months. Um, it was a little town called Milledgeville, Georgia, down, down South. It was the juvenile boot camp. Um, a lot of PT, a lot of discipline. Um, seen a lot of stuff I didn't want to see, uh, guys getting beat up pretty bad. And I was like, man, this ain't, this ain't the life I want to live. And, and growing up, I always promised myself that I was going to be better than what my surroundings were. You know, not that I was better than that. And I think that I'm better than anybody, but, um, 
I hated seeing my mom um, being treated the way she was treated because uh, she was talked down to. She was, it was just bad. I hated to see it. No woman should have to ever go through that. So I never wanted to put my wife through that. Um, it was just, it wasn't a fun life. So it made me think to myself, this is not what I want in life. I want better. I want more. I want, I want to accomplish something somehow. So, um, I had my first kid when I was 16. So I was married to my first wife. Uh, we were told to get married and at 16 years old. I mean, you think, okay, we got to get married. You think it's going to be cool. Right. But it, it's, we had no business to get married to each other. Um, by the time a, we were not, it's a very young age too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We had no experience, you know? <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. So I moved in with her and her family. Um, and her family were great people to me. I mean, they, they took me in, they were great. But again, um, it was a different lifestyle because she was more from the, um, her and her family were more blue collar working class. And my family was so polar opposite of that, or my mom and stepdad were. So we kind of, we clashed at first and, uh, we had no business getting married, even if we didn't clash. I mean, we were, we were both kids. I was 16, she was 15. We had our first kid. Um, by the time we were, I think by the time I was 18, I had my second kid. So, um, that was a, that was a, that was tough. So me and her got divorced. Um, I moved up here to Blairsville to get away from, uh, the crowd I was hanging out with and to get away from her because, uh, I knew if I didn't change in order to change yourself and to change your surroundings, you got to get away. Sometimes you got to cut yourself away from everything and just yeah. escape everything that you're around, you know, change your surroundings, change everything. So that's what I did. I came up here. I was going to move to South Georgia where my biological dad lived um and go kind of work with him and my, my stepbrother some um not that me and him were close neither but he was better than my mom and them so I thought um but I was uh going to move down south with him and I came up here to visit my my stepsister and ended up falling in love with the, the the town it was just it was a culture a complete 180 culture change um I didn't hear sirens all the time i didn't hear gunfires there was no you didn't see prostitutes walking up and down the streets yeah. you didn't see um you, you didn't hear about crack there wasn't no crack up here not that i knew of anyways i didn't see it like you've seen it down where i was from you've seen you know crack was everywhere yeah. um so it was a big culture change and then i guess a couple months after moving up here i met my wife that i'm with now um and me and her it, it's just went from there you know uh, i got custody of my kids um, she had her two kids. We had, a, we had four kids overnight, it seemed like. And then, um, uh, at not long after getting custody of my kids, we found out she was pregnant. So we had number five there. So, um, it was like, we were 20 years old, no, 20, 21, 22 years old, five kids overnight. It seemed like, but we made the best of it. Um, and did a lot of, odds and end things, you know, drywall, drywall was my, my, uh, my main, uh, job that I learned the, the career I took on first. I did drywall for about 10 years. Um, and then the, the, the crash of whatever happened, the, the whole economy crash happened. And, yeah. um, right before that, I went into selling insurance, didn't do too good at selling insurance. I wasn't a good salesman. So then I went to work for Walmart and, uh, worked for them for the last nine years, eight, nine years, um, assistant manager. 
um, did great with the company. I loved the company. But at the same time, the quality of life wasn't there because I was working 17, 18 hours a day for a company. And finally, on my way to work one day, I was like, I'm going to kind of put this kind of time and money and effort into something. I need to do this for myself so I can spend more time with my family. And uh, that's where the supplement business came along. So That's pretty, uh, that's pretty intense backstory. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, that, was a, that was a, that was a shortcut, you know, I could, I could go on and yeah. on about more, but that, that's a quick shortcut of it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. I grew up in a, I loved, I love my hometown, but the people in it, I, you just, okay. So, you know, when people get on parole or probation or whatever, right. And then they get, yep. they get brought to a small town, right. Yep. That's my hometown. But, uh, I was blessed and very grateful that my, uh, I grew up outside of town out in the sticks in the mountains. This is Lake County, California. And yep. so that, there was just a lot of drugs and a lot of shit like that in town. But I was I was very blessed to grow up outside of town. But it, um, what sucks is it was all vineyards, wineries, all that shit. You know, older older people. We had quads and dirt bikes grew up around that. Uh, my family owned 500 acres around just where we lived. And uh, like we raced BMX um which is racing bicycles yeah i don't know, I don't know where what it's called on your guys side of the world but <laughs> no, that's the yeah, same thing yeah but uh no we also we raced and um but it was just me and my two brothers that it was like we didn't have any kids around so i mean we were really close and we fought like brothers you know but uh everything we did was with each other you know um and then you go to school and it's just totally different like i mean obviously we had our friends but our friends were you know, rednecks or, you know, just guys that like to do what we did, but they, they grew up inside of town. So throughout the years, you know, you start noticing that your buddies that were pretty squared away in school, uh, when they, after you graduate, you don't really keep, keep in contact with them anymore. Most yeah. of them. Well, um, a lot of them got into drugs and got into, you know, crime and all that shit. And we, and we didn't raise, we weren't raised that way. You know, we were raised with horses and fucking cattle and, you know, working in vineyards and shit and helping around the house and the, uh, the ranch. But anyways, uh, now fast forwarding when I was, uh, I mean, I, I stopped seeing people from high school and I started working at a casino for a while. Um, but I worked graveyards and I worked there for eight years and, um, mm -hmm. I started seeing, okay. And it was still in the County, but it was outside of my hometown. So every now and then you'll see one of your buddies that you're, that used to be buddies with you, that I you like that I played football with, they would trickle in, you know, and uh, just fucking drugged up. And there was one guy that hit me hard, Danny Newfield. Um, he was a lineman uh, with me. I was a lineman in football, so I was a big fella. <laughs> but uh, we were we were like partners, you know, um, both both fucking tackles. And um, anyway, so. He got straight A's in high school, fucking really squared away. We didn't hang out much, but we were, when we were in school, we were buddies. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, anyways, haven't seen him for like five, six years after high school. And then he finally walks in uh, to the casino um, like at three in the morning. And I'm like, hey, Danny, how you doing? He was all sucked up. Just fucking you could tell that he's been on dr hard drugs. He and I try to talk to him and he's like mumbling. You know what I mean? He's like trying to communicate, yeah. with me, but I can't understand what he's saying because he's so high and spun. Talking through his teeth. 
Yeah, dude, it was it was rough. It was rough to see, and that was like a eye opener for me. And that's when I was like, you know what? Oh, and I went to Walmart like a week later, and I saw this dude standing outside or sitting outside of Walmart with a cardboard box that said "Help" or "I need food" or something like that. And uh, I had to do a double take because that was another guy I went to school with, and because he was all sucked up and just you know bottom end of life, you know what I mean? And uh, that was those were like an eye opener for me, and that's when I was like, you know, what? I'm gonna get into law enforcement. And uh, that's when I started pursuing um, being a cop in my hometown. And then uh, long story short, uh, my wife, my wife moved to Havasu is when we were dating and she was going to college down here in Lake Havasu, Arizona. And uh, she wanted me to move with her because we were going to get married and everything. And I said, Hey, I'm not going to move until you get me a job in the career I want to be in. Cause I was, I was, I went through the police Academy. I was going through, uh, interviews to be a law enforcement officer, you know, a cop. And, yeah. um, anyway, so she ended up applying for me at the prison and I ended up getting a job there and that's now my career. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just, I understand the whole growing up in a town like that and you start seeing that kind of shit. Like, I mean, I didn't have it as intense as you because I grew up out in the sticks, but with just my family, you know, but, um, I mean, that's, and, you know, when you grow up, you want to change, you want to get your kids away from that. And it's, I mean, I'm blessed that we got out of that because if my kids were growing up in that right now, you know, how hard it would be just like yeah. just imagine our kids growing up, how we grew up, like, or just in the same environment, yeah. we have to battle that shit. Like in Havasu, you don't see any of it. You know, it's here, but it's hidden really, really well. You know what I mean? Right. So, um, I mean, it's, it's it, nice when you get well, out of the environment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, where I live at now is a small town. Um, Drugs are still here. Meth, especially meth, is bad. Heroin's bad. Um, pills. I mean, it's still it's still in the environments around. Um, when I did drywall work, man, you'd see people meth out of their mind. I mean, <laughs> it was either meth or pot. It was one to two. And uh, um, I, I got one of my kids. Uh, they're battling it now. Um, I hope for the. I mean, she's she seems to have. Uh, come together and, and getting her stuff together. But, um, she's, she fought it at first. And, uh, that's where, uh, my daughter is fighting that. I'm sorry. It's not popped on the screen. Um, my daughter is fighting that. So the seven year old I have at home is actually my granddaughter. Um, I don't tell a lot of people that, but she calls me dad. She calls my wife, mom. She, we're going to adopt her. Um, my daughter wants us to adopt her. Uh, but, you know, adoption, and it's, it's crazy. I called and said, hey, uh, we want to do adoption. How much is it? And they're like, well, even even agreeing, and it's still so expensive. Even when you, when when all parties are in agreement, it's just, it's just, it's crazy. I'm like, man, why so expensive? You know, so it's yeah. just kind of insane. But, um, but so she's doing good though. So, you know, these small towns still have their issues. I mean, they, it, it's it's kind of um, drugs are everywhere, and I think city or country they 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 tear so many families apart, man. Yeah, you know, and that's that's why you know I heard I don't know how true it is. I heard about that Oregon thing passing the where people can do drugs or whatever, and I'm like, why would why would somebody do something like that? You no, know? I heard you I heard know? about it. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know if it's true or not. You know, it's just what I I kind of seen it on 
uh, social media. Cause I don't really watch the news no more. I don't watch the news. I don't watch a whole lot of TV. Um, I listen to the podcast with Seth and Bobby. Um, I try to stay around positive. I try to hear positive. I try to listen to positive. Um, I watch a lot of you guys, um, watch you guys as Instagram, stuff like that. But as far as real world stuff, I don't, I, I know a little bit about what's going on, but I don't stress over it, you know, cause um, regardless on what the outcome is on anything, I still got to live my life and I still got to do me at the end of the day. And I got a family that depends on me to, to feed them and take care of them. And so I got to do everything I can do. So I try not to let negative shit get in my head because it, it wouldn't be hard to go down that rabbit trail, you know? Yeah. I mean, especially nowadays, like you're talking about social media, it's like, you can't trust what you see on social media. You can't trust what you see on the news. Um, you know, I mean, so and it, it sucks to say that because, I mean, that's like one of the biggest platforms right now, just nowadays. Like, I, I know back in the day, we didn't have shit like that. Like, we had MySpace, yeah. but MySpace yeah. super fucking minor compared to Facebook, you know? <laughs> <laughs> MySpace is pretty cool, too, though. You know, you can set up a little page how you want to have your music yeah. playing. I don't yeah. understand why it went away. It was so much better. But well, I, I see you know, a meme. Well, you know what's funny is actually, uh, so <clears throat> I opened up one of my old laptops that I had way back when I was in high school. And, um, you know, it has this little click or it has this little spot on there where you click on it, you go straight to my MySpace, my old my, MySpace page. Right. So I did that. And, dude, it's so it's so different now. It, I mean, they tried to, like, make it like Facebook. Right. And I mean, it was cool to see my old ass photos and everything, but my music wasn't playing on there anymore. I didn't have flames in the background anymore, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, you had your old page layouts and everything. Yeah. 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 And like your favorite, uh, well, it had your favorite like songs and favorite shit that was yeah. your favorite videos and they'd be playing in the corner. It's like, they don't have that shit no more. It's like, man, what the hell? That was like, that was what was MySpace. Like, that you was know, cool, man. You know someone's fucking personality just by going to their profile. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that was so much. And I don't understand how the whole Facebook thing, because Facebook was never nothing like that at all. Mm-hmm. It was kind of lame at first, but yeah. everybody went there. So I started going there and I was like, but then I guess the guy from MySpace ended up selling his platform and got away from it all. So it was actually pretty cool. So, yeah. um, but anyway, yeah. so, uh, so back to, back to your, um, your story now. You have American Macros now. Yep. Uh, how long you been open with that? So we have not technically been open. We opened December 1st, which is Tuesday, um, will yeah. be our grand opening day. We have been selling stuff like crazy. Um, well, not like crazy, but more than we've been expecting to. Um, we've been putting everything we have into, um, into it uh, to try to get it you know, just where it's at right now. I mean, we still got so far to go. We still got so much more to do. Um, we got so much more we want to offer people, but it's just been a money thing and just doing a little at a time, you know, doing what we can do because we still got to live our life. We still got to pay our bills. And uh, I still don't want to take away from my family. I left Walmart, I guess, back in August. Um, and then I went to work for a factory over here in town, uh, work overnight at the factory. And I'm doing this in the daytime and still trying to do my workouts and all that kind of stuff too. So um, it's been a little bit of a culture change because we did take a pay cut when I went, I left Walmart. I want to say we took a pay cut, but really we didn't because I was driving an hour and a half away from here, 73 miles one way just to go to work every day and then 73 miles back. So everything balanced out in the end. 
as far as that goes. But then I took on this shop, um, paying the rent here, trying to get the inventory in, just trying to the business insurance, um, registers, just so much stuff goes into opening a store that I didn't account for when I said, Hey, I want to open up a supplement shop. You know, it was, yeah. and it was just kind of, it was a, it's a need in the area though. So I, I was, I don't even really know what brought it along. You know, I was just, I remember listening to um, the podcast and that was something that gave me time every time when I was driving to Canton or I was driving to, to Franklin to go to work every day. I had a good hour and 15 minute drive one way. So I'd have plenty of time with the podcast. I listened listen to the ones about the, the guy with the suit company and, and how him and Seth were talking and Bobby and everybody, you know, you just listen to all their backstories about how they only had such a little bit, but they took a gamble on themselves. And uh, it, it just got to me, you know, I was at work one day and I was like, you know what, I man, why am I doing this? You know, I'm, I'm sitting here working all these hours for a company that don't really give a crap about me that the CEO don't even know who I am. And, and working for a company that I was telling people, look, you're, they're taking your position away. You know, we can give you a severance package or you can step down to another position, you know, just, just letting people go. Like it wasn't, you know, these were people that have been with a company 30 years and they're just taking them away. And I'm like, you know, what's my value to this company in all reality, you know? So, um, and then I got to thinking, what am I leaving my kids? You know, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm showing them I work hard and everything, but what am I teaching them? What, what can I show them by working here? I want to leave my kids something. I want my kids to have, I want in the long run, my whole thing is I want something I can leave for my family. I want this to be a family business. I want my kids to have stuff. I want um, to leave them something. And I want to teach them something here. And that's something, stuff that I never had given to me as a kid or as a child or as a son or something. My dad never taught me nothing. Um, he was never there anyway. So um, my mom never taught me nothing, you know, and so it's just really important to me to there it was a need in the area the closest uh everything around here is online or walmart and um the closest gnc is canton which is an hour and 15 minutes from here so just knowing what our company stands for what um, action sledge and american made nutrition stands for the background of the company um seth bobby mike and pat um Dean, Carly, all these people that are involved with the company, um, the elite, the leader, awesome people, man, you know, yeah. and then you got you and, and Dante doing the podcast on here. Um, just all these great people. I just want to bring that to my community because I know everything we stand for as a company with Action Sledge and American Bay Nutrition's and All American Roughneck um, is all about local community, um, being hardworking motherfuckers, um, just being good people, you know, and so um, and being family, you know, putting your family first and working hard and all these things. I just wanted, it just drove me into why not a supplement company that offers Action Sledge American Made Nutrition that offers all the, all the, the values that this company offers. Let me give this to my community. Let my community learn about this. And because it became a, a passion, it, it became a desire for me um, each and every day. You know, at first I didn't, as I say, drink the Kool-Aid, you know, I was like, man, some of these people were just overboard with this stuff, but it's because I didn't, I didn't invest myself a hundred percent like I should have um, because I didn't know how to. And because um, I love listening to Seth and everything, but um, 
I really just didn't understand a lot of things. But then, especially when the podcast came out and then just, just really um, put more time into the demo crew and everything, I, I was like, okay, this is what it's about. This is, this is a family atmosphere, you know, and it, it's awesome. So um, really between the demo crew, Action Sledge, American Nutrition, all the ones I just mentioned, Bobby, Pat, Seth, everybody, I was like, I'm doing this, man. I want to do it, and I want to take it out there and, and give it to my to my community and and offer action sledge to everybody in my area. And and I tell people it ain't you know you ain't got to come in here and buy supplements. You come here and just talk. I and mean, you want somebody to talk to, come talk to me. I, I'm not a counselor, but you want to vent, then come vent to me. You know, I, I just want to be here for my community and uh, and offer people a place to go to to talk about to talk about nutrition. Cause I remember when I first got into the gym two years ago, I was lost as everything, you know, I was, and until I ran into Seth, I didn't really understand a whole lot of things, but then you start going and, you, and I would listen to his videos and watch his videos. And I'm like, I started figuring things out and what was working for my body, what was not working for my body. Um, then I hired a coach um, and he helped me out a whole lot. Um, I had to get away from that. Cause I had to cut a lot of things when I opened the business. I had to, yeah. Uh, trim a lot of cut a lot of unnecessary finances. And, um, that was one of the things I had to cut out of my life as a coach, but, um, but anyways, that stuff kind of helped me out a whole lot and, and really running into Seth really helped me out with the fitness thing. Cause I, I was just going to the gym, working arms out just about every day, um, doing chest, um, didn't understand how to do a back exercise. I do a couple things, but now, you know, that I understand a little bit more, I break it down and, the human anatomy, like, okay, what muscles, what, and what does what, what's a good exercise for this back and that. And so a little more understanding now because of, of the demo crew and and Seth and everybody. Yeah, no, they, uh, they definitely lay out a good platform for everybody. I mean, it's not even just, it's not even a direction. It's just like a way to start. You know what I mean? It's like a kick in the ass. Cause I mean, when are you yeah. really talking about it? Um, because like me, per, me, you know, my goal along with yours, we talked about this uh, the other day, but I want to open up a gym, you know, and um, it takes a lot to open up a gym, but I don't want to, I don't want it to be a small, tiny gym that only a couple people go there. I want it to be big where the community can go and, you know, you can, they can see something humble and you see this during this time. Um, But yeah, I mean, they when they're talking about it on the podcast or just on a video or whatever it's like they're talking straight to you you know what i mean yeah and that's what kind of gives you a boot in the ass to like you know what i don't want to work for the man anymore i want to be the man you know exactly exactly so so i feel you brother so uh so we talked about um goals the other day and uh yeah what's your what's your goal what's your like long-term goal here so we, we got everything broke down into a, a plan, right? Me and my wife do. Um, in three years, we want to have a second store in an area called Jasper, Georgia, which is about an hour from here. Um, it's another need. It's another s- small town, but it's uh, a little more rural than this area is. Um, but we love that area. We, we, love, we love that town. Um, we want to have that second location just for our kids. And we can actually do more of what we want to do there as far as the uh, – we want to mix – um protein shakes at the shop we want to do like bca ICs and stuff like that kind of thing offer people whenever they get through the gym and it's we, we already found a location that's right next door to a gym we're kind of next door to a gym right here too we just ain't got a place for the three compartment sink and everything um 
but we want to do that. And then in five years, I would love to have my own personal gym. I mean, um, that's, that's the long-term goal is to have a gym that, you know, that everybody can come to and feel welcome to come to and not, um, like you're diverse, you know, like the gyms we have now, you got, you got one that that's ran by the hospital and we got ran that's kind of privately owned over here. And, uh, both of them are good gyms. Um, but I feel like there's a certain crowd that goes to this gym. There's a certain crowd that goes to this gym. And I hate that. I wish that as a community, we could all just kind of sink in as a family and, and want to do the same thing and encourage each other to do things. Um, so, you know, one day I'll hope to have my own gym um, where I can offer things for power lifters, bodybuilders, cardio enthusiasts or whatever else there is and um, give it because high school don't really have a weight room. Give it give it somewhere where the coaches can bring the high school kid and say, hey, this is what we're going to do. Meet me here after school or something like that and and offer a platform, some power lifting areas some stuff for the football team, baseball team, stuff like that they can do um, just just something for the community. Like you said, you know, it's all about the community, in my opinion. So, yeah, um, it's uh, I like, I hate to say this, but like, it's kind of like when you go to a bar and I, everybody goes to that bar. You know what I mean? Yeah. But when you walk in there, it's not a negative environment. And even if people are getting a little hammered, a little too, you know, spun, people aren't fighting in there. Everybody knows everybody. And it's just like everybody can sit down with everybody and just have a, have a nice drink. You know what I mean? And just talk, just hang out. Right. Um, I mean, that's what I see. Like, you know, I want a gym just kind of like, it's pretty much like what you're saying. I want a gym that it's like that bar that everybody goes to and everybody knows everybody. It's like a family environment. You know what I mean? And that's that's what everybody's goal is. That is community based or community driven. Um, You know, everybody go there and just feel humbled and, be able to talk to one another. Cause I go to anytime fitness and, you know, I love the gym. I love how it's 24 hours and uh, the machines are great and all, you know, all the equipment's great, but I can go in there and there's probably, I've been going there for a couple of years now and there's probably like three or four guys in there that I talk to, you know what I mean? Yep. And if I try to go talk to somebody, then it's like, nah, they just kind of want to just fucking do their thing, which is cool. But um, it doesn't have that like family environment, but environment, you know. Right, right. And th- I like that about this. Gym. That that is something good I can say about this one gym that I go to over here. Um, it does have a good atmosphere. Uh, I guess part of my frustration comes is like some of the people that do go there don't have respect for the gym, and the owners don't enforce the respect for the gym. Like they leave weights laying around everywhere. They'll, they'll, this one guy did leg presses the other day and left over a thousand pounds, just racked on the thing and walked out like it wasn't. I'm like, really, dude? You know, what if, what if my wife wants to do this? And, you know, she's got a bad back, so we're we've been working on strengthening her back up. So, you know, lifting a 45 pound weight to her is a lot. You know, so she can do it, but you got 10, 12, 45 pound weights on one side and the other side. That's gonna be a workout just for her to unrack the thing. You know, so. But I'm usually there, but it's just that kind of thing that, that gets to me a little bit. It's like, I wish they'd enforce the rules a little better, um, yeah. have people respect the gym a little better. Uh, but um, it's just something I want. It's just to uh, attach my, my supplement store to a gym and have a kind of all-in-one thing and uh, just 
you know, my crowd and, and the people that, you know, I, I just, just offer a different, uh, a different option for people to go to. Not that I want to take away from these people over here, but I just feel like there's something missing, you know what I mean? And I just want to add that missing link. So. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good goal. No, it really is. So, uh, look, we got questions from the demo crew. Yeah. All right. And uh, there's some good ones. I'm going to share the screen right now. And boop. All right. So uh, what I do on all the podcasts, I um, ask, I have three pages I ask questions on is the demo crew page, the action sledge page and the Craven iron podcast page. Um, a lot of okay. times, a lot of times they all answer, they'll all like pick one page say, I don't know if they communicate, whatever, but they all pick like one page and the, most of the questions are on that. And um, anyways, this is that one page. <laughs> So okay. this, this is what we post. There's Mr. Brooks right there. And all right. So uh, Christian Sin Lopez. All right. Uh, Mr. Push-Up King. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in your opinion, what are your three main principles of fitness? Let's see. And that's that he, he kind of got me on that one. That's that's you know, again, I'm new to the fitness industry. Um, as far as you know, I've been doing I don't say I'm new to it, I've been off and on most of my life, but really getting serious into it the last two years. Um, so three principles, I, I'm not sure, um, on what, what he means by that. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking because I, you know, I'm not a college professor or any you know intelligent individual <laughs> but um what i'm thinking is like uh you know discipline yes you know what i mean yes discipline to. is definitely definitely um and that's something that you know tony davis dean got hitting on i think i was hitting on it for a little bit is you know a lot of people say motivation inspiration but those things those things go away discipline is key um yeah. discipline is is really key uh because there's some days you don't want to do it um there's some days you just you're too tired to go or there's some days you just like i'd rather just sit here and just watch tv a little bit longer or something but um discipline is key absolutely yeah. um and I, I do think motivation um or inspiration would be something else too because i love because when I did lose my weight, I was at 267 at one time. And I dropped down to 208 um, right before I found a demo crew. And uh, I was doing a keto diet. And um, I started inspiring other people. And then seeing the, seeing me being a, a role model to these people. And I got this one friend, Jenna. I, I post some of her stuff on my page sometimes. She, she was at, just in January last year, she was at her heaviest and she's dropped over a hundred pounds this year so far. Jeez. And, uh, yeah, she's, she's done amazing. Seeing my wife, what she's done, my wife's lost, um, 30 something pounds. Um, just, just a lot of people that's come to me and say, you know, you inspired me to, to start my fitness goals and my fitness journey. And, you know, just, just talking to them back and forth about what to do and everything. And, and, uh, so inspiration was a big thing because these people saying that I inspired them, but when they come to me, they really inspire me um, by seeing them put their work into it. It's just, 
it's amazing. And so it humbles me when they say, Hey, you inspired me, but in the end, it, they were ready. And I just happened to be a, a piece of the puzzle that just helped them get over that hump. So, um, yeah, I think, yeah, discipline is the most important of the, the principles in my opinion. Yeah, that's good. Uh, do you prefer supersets or drop sets and for what muscle group? Um, I do drop sets um, more than supersets. I do some supersets too, but uh, like on my arms, I like to do supersets for my arms. Um, you know, just like ping pong, go right to biceps, right into triceps, and then rest for 30 seconds, hit the bicep right back into the tricep again. Um, that's the only one I do supersets on is uh, arms. Um, drop sets, I do a lot of drop sets on my back day. Um, that's the only thing I do drop sets on is back, sometimes chest, but back day, especially on my my uh, T-bar T row or, yeah, the, the T-bar, um, I'll load it up with a bunch of 25 or 35s, as many as I can get on there, um, usually around 150 to 175 pounds. And I'll do my normal three sets. And on my last set, I do my drop set. I'll sit there and do my normal whatever I do. I usually try to do 10 to 15 reps. So I'll hit it, and then I'll drop a weight off of it and just keep going until muscle exhaustion happens. And and uh, before you know it, you're only pulling 50 pounds, but it feels like you're pulling 200 pounds because it just takes a lot out of you um, doing them drop sets. Yeah, um, I'm kind of the same way. I just, I, I mean, honestly, like it depends. I don't do uh, supersets every workout. Like I want one arm day, I'll have, I'm going to do a little heavier. So I'm going to obviously not do super close on that. If I'm, if I'm going to chase the pump, I'll do some supersets that workout. You know what I mean? Right. But uh, let's see. Next one. If you could pick anyone to train you, who would it be? So. On a so I look at that question. So there's a couple of answers I have to that one. So like on a if, if I could have anybody and I had all the money in the world and they they talk to me or or like I could get them to train me, Honey Rambod would probably be the one yeah. I would pick. I think he'd be great just because look at the the uh, the book that he's put together. You know, with Seth and and Phil and Jay and and. Uh, Brandon and just just so many people that he's trained, man. That he 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 knows he he's he's a real deal in my opinion. You know all the Olympias that he's trained, uh, but um, Seth would be a cool one, I think. Also, Kai Green would be an awesome one to, to train. Um, Kai Green would be insane. <laughs> it'd be yeah, it'd be it'd be awesome. Kai <laughs> Green, Juju Mufu. I don't know if you know him. No. Juju Mufu. I think they call him on. Um, Facebook or Instagram. Um, he's pretty awesome. Uh, he'd be a fun one to train with too. But um, on a realistic one, one that I think that I've been looking into um, would probably be uh, I had a guy named the guy that trained Dean got Dean ready. He goes by SMP. Uh, Jack, I can't think of his last name, saved my life. Um, but he, he's been a great coach for me. Um, I'd, I'd definitely love to have him coach me again or uh, Ross Patrick. Ross Patrick is the guy that owns Gaines Bakery. Mm. Um, if you follow him, he'd be another one that him and Jack would be the two that I wish I could have trained me now um, just because 
the proven record them two guys will have. And they, they, you know, seeing that De- what Jack's done with Dean and seeing what uh, um, Ross Patrick has done with himself and, and other people under him. So those would be two that, that in a realistic world that I could have trained me. So those would be two I wish I could have trained me. Yeah. Takes a lot of, I, with trainers, I mean, you kind of get what you pay for, I think. The, yeah. I mean, plus you have, you have prior experience and the more experience, the more they're going to cost most likely, you know? Yeah. So uh, how often do you incorporate push-ups in a workout? Um, From the push-up king himself. Yeah. So that's a good, that's one I usually hit for a warm-up on chest day um, or any kind of push day. Um, I usually hit those or sometimes I'm just sitting at home and I want to, I feel like I'm, I just start doing some push-ups, you know, I want to start incorporating push-ups a lot more than what I do. Um, I don't think I do enough push-ups. Uh, I need to incorporate those on a daily basis. Like, like he does, I need to change it up and do wide stance diamonds and all kinds of different things like that. I think, um, I need to start waking up and, and as soon as I hit my feet on the floor, I need to hit at least 25 push-ups just to get the blood flowing, you know? Yeah, uh, that's something I'm going to work on. That's going to be a goal for 2021. Yeah, I uh, ladder push-ups with the Smith machine. Yeah, that's one of my go-to's. Probably uh, like every three weeks or every once a month or something for like a, just a finisher for chest day. Yeah, yeah, it's great hits all by. Yeah, it's amazing. So if you don't know what it is, look it up. Hit all the areas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, your recovery routine, food remedies, habits. So uh, as soon as I get through my workout, within 30 minutes, I got to have uh, my post meal, which is um, about 100 grams of rice, 150 grams of rice and six ounces of chicken um, or six ounces of sirloin or a protein shake, sometimes both. Or I'll throw some eggs in with some rice. Um, so that's that's and then my water, the water intake is is very important with the BCAs, the grind. I do my grind. Um, that's usually my post-workout habits is, um, definitely you got to drink that, the, the, the hydration, the, the gallon of water a day. And cause I feel like that's the thing that a lot of people miss out on on recovery is, is the hydration. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, let's see. All right. So that was all for Christian there. Now we got Tony Davis. He's a demo crew elite member. We actually have a podcast Sir. that we started not too long ago. It's called yeah, Tony's awesome, man. Yeah. Tony's great. Well, it's called the DTF podcast. I'm, you know, it's all. Yeah. So when I, st- when I, I started listening to a podcast and it was like a, um, like Andy Frisella has a really good podcast. It's called the real AF podcast. And right. Uh, there's this long, longer term ones like these ones that uh, they talk about business and just life in general, but he has uh, guests on and then there he has those short ones that are like 15 to 20 minutes long. And uh, they're really topic based. And I was like, you know what, that would be and those those hit home for me. So I was like, you know, I got some topics I want to cover. And I was like, who would be an awesome person to have on there with me? So me and Tony communicated a little bit and uh, we both decided, Hey, let's fucking do it. You know? Right. I think it's going pretty good though. Yeah. 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 Tony's 
you and him would be awesome together. I, I, I need to tune into that one. Um, y'all have only done two, right? You said, yeah, yeah. And we yeah, actually I need, to, I need to listen to those two. Yeah, we have another. Oh, he's great, man. He's a fun one to follow. You know, he's all the elite eight are fun to follow, but uh, Tony, Tony's, Tony's just a real dude, you know. Yeah, no, he's really humble, family man, just fucking yep. redneck. Yeah, just tough as hell too, man. How many other people could do the bicep tore by a chainsaw and then be right back at it? No, I know. But, yeah, dude, dude's a beast. Um, but yeah, yeah, all the elite eight or the elite nine now. All of them are awesome, man. All great people. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Uh, one thing that Tony has that inspires me and that just, um, but not that this podcast is about Tony. Sorry, Tony. But yeah. <laughs> but uh, one thing that he has is like, he's just always fucking humble and he always has like the best intentions with his heart. You know what I mean? With all of his posts. Yeah. Uh, when he's posting a message or anything, it's always with a humble heart. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, trying to build something and it's never for himself you know that's one thing that yeah 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 and that's something that's you know here lately and not i'm not knocking nobody i'm not trying to throw nobody under the bus it's like you know as a, as a demo crew family you know we're there for each other right and yeah. you hear people trying to get advice and then there's certain ones in the demo or there's certain ones now that's trying to turn into a money-making scheme like hey message me and i'll I'll message you, blah, 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 you know, and I'm like, you know, do that on your own time, not the demo crew, you know, it's just, I don't know, not knocking nobody, not at all, because I, I I don't want, I don't know, I, I try not to use the demo crew for my money-making scheme, you know, it's, it's, it's a family, we're here for each other, um, and that's what I love about Tony the other day when he, him and, him and John both did that, uh, don't be a, 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 a code, Code whore. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I was like, damn right, man. Because I hardly ever, you know, I hardly ever put my code on the damn page. I mean, hell, it's like, it's like Tony said, everybody's got, you're part of demo crew. Everybody's got a damn code, you know? So. Yeah. And kinda. like when someone's asking, uh, hey, so when do you take hydraulic gear versus like seventh gear? Do you take it together? Then first, po- the first fucking person commenting on that, not, Diamond Puts their code on it. It's like, oh, hey, if you have any questions, message me. Here's my code. It's like, dude, this guy's part yeah. of the demo crew. He has a code to use. <laughs> <laughs> Here's your sign, man. But I mean, yeah, nothing and, and There's an action sledge page as well. And it's like, you know, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, like, you're like the, yeah, it's like Tony said, like, you're the first two, you might get your code used. But that, that post is like two hours long. Forget about it. Don't even respond with your code on there because they done bought their stuff and, it's already been packed and almost shipped. So yeah, and someone has a question for about uh, the protein or the digestive system um, with the, protein yeah. or the digestive enzyme in the protein, and you look on there and oh hey, there's 200 comments. That's pretty cool. I wonder what people answered, you know. And then yeah. I'll fucking go to it and there's 200 codes. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, like really, man. <laughs> Even if it was Jeez. first time for a serve, that was like 200 or that was 199 posts ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. You got that one guy. Well, maybe they didn't see it. They're going to still get mine <laughs> a day later. I, I'm, I'm a day late to this party, but I'm going to still put my code on there. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? Yeah, it's nothing personal. Hey, love them all. Yeah. yeah it, look, it's fun. It's all fun and games. Yeah, no, it is. And, you know, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of people that are striving with it. You know what I mean? There's a lot of people that are uh, popping up there, and they're fucking killing it. So, yeah. Uh, 
I'm proud yeah. of every every one of them that are joining, you know. Me too. Me too. And yeah. they're excited, you know. In all reality, they're excited. They got a code. Um, I know when I first got it, um, I guess it was the first week they released, June. I got mine June 20th of 2019. So um, I was I thought it was pretty damn awesome. And I didn't – the problem was I wish I would have known more. I wish I kind of known how to promote it more like I do now. Um, I was just uh, – I was going around telling my family and friends about it. I wasn't really using social media platforms. Um, I was selling a little bit here, a little bit there, but not nothing to really turn no heads. So, yeah, um, I really wish I'd incorporated social media a lot better than what I did. So, well, I mean, it's a learning process too. I mean, like my biggest thing was I didn't do videos very actually, I didn't post at all very often. And uh, so my code sat there and I used it like, yeah. like just my 10% discount. But then, once I started getting into it more and I started, you know, I joined the demo crew Facebook page or the group. And uh, I mean, like once you start seeing how everybody else is doing it, you just kind of implement it and then you find your own way of doing it. Yep. You know, it's just, it's like when you start a new job, um, obviously you're going to learn from somebody like an FTO or just someone that's going to train you and you're going to be doing it their way for a little bit, but then eventually you're going to implement it into your own way, your own, your own process. Put your, yeah. Put your personality to it. Yeah. And, uh, that's just like, just, that's just like social media or doing, you know, the promotion of, you know, as a demo crew member is, I mean, you're going to find your own way to promote it and it's going to work for you if you're being honest about it and right. being yourself and, you know, you're going to find out you have your own unique way of doing it and that's, what's going to draw people to you. Right. So that's where I felt like I, uh, I struggled at a lot was, yeah. A social media platform but um when they announced the elite eight you know i asked i was like man that is so freaking awesome these guys must be killing it with sales but you know dean i mean they are making their sales i'm sure but dean said no these are people that um just set themselves you know apart from everybody and it wasn't just it was just about how they represent the company and what they were doing and um social media wise and stuff like that and i was like okay so then i, I started trying to figure out what i could do um to, to bring my own self without mimicking somebody, you know? And uh, so that's why I started doing my workouts on my storyline and, and then uh, just going from there and um, yeah. Then just got hungry and opened up a shop. Yeah. Got to stay hungry. <laughs> yeah. Got to stay hungry. All right. So, uh, Tony Davis asks, why a supplement company? What turned you on to wanting to sell supplements? Even though he spells sell with an extra L. That's fine, Tony. You're right. <laughs> but uh, always your dream or a realization later in life? P.S. You're killing it, bro. Respect. Um, that was, again, it was just a realization within the last year. that uh, uh, I said it was a, a need in our area. Um, again, about the community. Um, what I could offer the community. Um I love this company. I love 4DH. I love, uh, I love Dean. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm such a huge fan of Carly Dean, just everybody in the demo crew, like we talked about earlier in the podcast. Um, I just want other people to, I want to offer that to my community and I want other people to, um, buy into what we're doing, you know, cause, um, it's so much more than just protein and, and pre-workouts. It's, it's uh just being good damn people and yeah. and offering that 
positivity and, you know, as bad as you think you got it, there's people out there with worse problems than you, you know, just like Seth says, we don't, we don't have problems. We just got more work to do. You know, we're, we're fortunate. I get to wake up every day. Um, my kids are healthy. My wife is healthy. Um, there's people, there's kids out there battling cancer, like little Chloe or Zoe, Zoe, Zoe. Um, little Zoe, you know, I'd hate that. That's problems. Um, I got the lady that I rent from, she was just diagnosed with a brain tumor just over. It seemed like it happened overnight. She had a headache. She went to the doctor. The doctor said nothing. And it got really bad. She went back to the hospital. They found a brain tumor and a brain. And uh, um, they took the brain tumor out, but it's a cancer cell in her brain. It's not curable. Um, and she has kids. You know, she's got a, a 17 year old and a 16 year old or 15 year old. And she's just a good person, man. It's like we don't have problems, man. We just got work to do. These people have problems. You know, they're. One day they're they're healthy. Next day they find out they they're fighting for their life. You know these people have real problems. Um, we don't have problems. We just we just got some challenges and some work to do. Yep. Yep. Uh, so Paul Sanders, Democrat member. I mean they're all Democrat. I need to say that. Yes, sir. <laughs> but so Paul, I just wanted to say something about Paul. Okay. Um, I don't know if people know this, but Paul. Big shout out to you, brother. Uh, what he's been doing on Instagram is he'll find a demo crew member and he'll it's like he researches the uh, little backstory of what you get, what you're going into and what you're doing in life. Right? right. And what he'll do is he'll share it on a story and he'll make a post about it. And it's pretty much saying, hey, this guy, he's doing this with his life. He has he's a family man. He has this and that. Um and he's a real hardworking motherfucker. He, and just like all love, you know what I mean? Just all just straight towards whoever he choose chose for that time period. And he'll share it on a story and he'll say, Hey, if you're not following this guy, you need to follow him because he's inspiring and this and that. Right. Just super, right. just super humble. Okay. And the only reason why I know that is because he picked me the other, like a couple weeks ago, maybe. And, uh, right. anyways, it was on a story and I'm like, huh. And he made this like nice storyline thing about everything that I'm doing, stuff that I mean, I didn't even know he did. He, he, I didn't even know that he knew I did. You know what I mean? Um, even though we're all pretty much family and we all know everything about each other. And even right. when, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he's awesome, man. Me and him talked a couple of times. He's, 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 a, he's a really great guy. Yeah. So, I mean, mad, mad respect, Paul. I mean, I'm glad I'm, I'm happy to see what you're doing there. It's, uh, it's really cool. You know, absolutely. Anyway, so uh, from Paul, what got you started with fitness and the weights? What or what is your why? So I don't tell a lot of people about this, but a couple of years ago, me and my wife kind of split up. I was at a spot in life I didn't want to be in. Um, uh, unhealthy eating habits. Um, just a just a shitty situation, you know, Um couldn't, you know, I went to go tie my shoe, man, and you'd get up and you almost pass out because you couldn't breathe, you know, because it was just that bad. And I, just looking at yourself in the mirror, you're just disgusting with yourself. And and knowing my family, hereditary, um, the, 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 the heart disease that runs in my family and just all these different things that I keep hearing in my family. Um, I was like, you know what, man, I got to do better than this. I got I got a, a little girl that's looking up to me to to be dad. Um, I want to teach her. I want to show my kids. I want to show my wife. I want to just show people that 
I'm a better person than what I'm the effort that I'm putting into myself. Um, so because whenever I had issues, I just eat, you know what I mean? Like managing what I was doing at the store just, or when I was managing at the at Walmart, it was grab fast food, stuff your face, go back to work. Um, so I wasn't being a really positive role model for my family and I definitely wasn't being a positive person on myself. So, um, I just got tired of being that person and I just wanted to do a whole 180 and, and really reevaluate my life and change it. So, um, I started with fitness, started with lifting weights and, uh, I started with my eating habits. I cut the sugars out, cut the, the Pepsi or Mountain Dews out. I cut all that kind of stuff out and, and, uh, started really applying myself better to, uh, better eating habits, drinking water, um, and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, just, just got tired of being a person I was at the time. Yeah. Just want to be a better dad, a better role model. Yeah. Billy Weissenstein. Weissenstein? Weissenstein? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, another Demo Crew Elite member. What yes, is one? Yeah. What is one thing you can take away from 2020? Of all the negative things happening with 2020, have there been some positive for you? Positive, positives, sorry. Yeah, there's so in 2020, fortunately, I live in Georgia. Okay, so our governor stuck by his word. He only shut us down for two weeks and he opened us back up. Um, I haven't been through the long shutdown process like a lot of a lot of other guys have been, a lot of other demo crew families have been through. Um, in Georgia, it just seems like night and day from what I hear described on TV. It just it's just so much different, you know. So um, yeah, you got the mask you gotta wear when you go out in public at some places like Walmart and grocery stores and stuff, but I still don't I'm rebellious, I don't wear mine. Um uh I, I just yeah, I just you know, working at Walmart, I was like, man, this is the biggest shit show in the world. You know, nothing personal towards Walmart, but I was like, it was just the biggest shit show. I mean, like, this mask is not protecting us from nothing. It's, if anything, it's causing more harm breathing in this thing all day because all you're doing is breathing back in carbon monoxide. So, uh, and it's, it's almost like Seth said, too, you know, it's not OSHA approved masks. So, I mean, what really are you, you, you yeah, anyways. Um, so, I haven't really had a lot of bad in 2020 go on. Um, so it's been nothing but positivity for me. Um, again, 2020 is, I, I look at 2020 as a great year. Um, especially with Axe and Sledge and, and, and the demo crew and, um, the, the way that, um, I really found, uh, come around to myself, um, as a, a dad and a, a, a husband and, um, 2020 has been a great year. I mean, yeah, there's been some, some bullshit going on, but, um, I try, I didn't never let it get me down. I've always just tried to look for the better things in life. And, um, we, we, me and my wife got together. We we're still making, we we're still paying our bills and still feeding our family. And we, but we as retail workers. So of course we worked through the whole pandemic. Um, but we just, it, it's, I guess, you know, it's taught me to value my family though, you know, is, um, because at first, you know, when 2020 and the pandemic first hit, you, you know, everybody was kind of scared, you know, we didn't know what was going on. Um, 
I remember I had my demo crew meetup card. I was ready to go do the the thing at the Arnold for the demo crew meet. Um, and then that got canceled. And I was like, man, this 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 coronavirus is serious. You know, they started they canceled that, and then all of a sudden all this other stuff just started trickling right behind it. All this stuff started canceling. So um that was the only time of the year that I could say it was bad was uh at first. It was kind of scary. I was worried about my family, but then all the the numbers started coming out and all the facts started coming out about everything and um statistics started running out and it was like, you know, so I stopped paying attention to the to the negative side of things. I started looking at the positives and um 2020 has been a good year for me. I can't say that it's really been that many bad things happen. So I wish there was a better answer I had for that question. No, that's, I mean, that's pretty spot on. Um, me personally, I didn't really, the only thing that affected me is uh, at my work. Obviously we shut the yards down and right. it was locked up for like the whole year. And, uh, and that just rises, that raises tension on the yard with the inmates because they live there and they have to be locked down most of the day. And, um, but I mean, a lot of shit changed at work. Uh, drives me crazy when you go into town and you you have people saying, "Hey, you're not you can't shop here unless you put a mask on." It's not really not really so much in Lake Havasu, but when I go visit family in California, which uh, that's one thing I can say is um, transportation to visit family that kind of yeah. got put on hold for a little bit, just because uh, you know I mean I think it I look at it a little differently than my wife does, and like I don't. I see the facts and all that shit, but my wife, even if, even with the facts and everything, uh, you still don't know a hundred percent, you know? Right. So, uh, my wife was thinking about the kids and I was, I was thinking about the kids too, but so we didn't really travel much, uh, this year, like we usually do. We usually visit the family a couple times a year. Um, and they're 14 hours away, my side of the family, my wife's family's here, but, uh, anyways, we didn't really get to visit them that much this year. And when we did go visit them, uh, it was June. I believe it was in June. Um, it was like night and day. You know, Havasu, Lake Havasu opened up. Arizona pretty much opened up in Mojave County, at least. And uh, we ended up going to California. And just the first fucking gas station we get to, they're like, hey, you need a mask. I'm like, what do you mean we fucking need a mask? Like, we don't need a mask anywhere in Arizona. And, uh, right. you know, and then I, I go to buy something. I'm like, look, I don't have a mask. And, um I go to buy something. He's like, Hey, look, I can't, I can't let you buy that unless you put a mask on. I'm like, you fuck kidding me. I already walked through your whole damn store, you know? <laughs> anyway, I, I just, yeah, it's just loose business in my opinion. Yeah. It was just, it was a couple snacks and shit. And it was probably like three bucks worth of shit, you know? And so I just ended up putting a five on the counter and walking out, you know, and said, fuck that. Yeah. But uh, it was just night and day, you know, just um, from Arizona to California. But I mean, that's the only, that's like the only negative thing I can see other than people dying that did die. Um, yeah. But, you know, numbers are out. So it wasn't as bad as everybody was expecting. But for the families that did have lose lost ones, it is sad. Yeah. Sad, so I apologize for that. But for everybody else in the world, yeah, numbers are out. We know. Me too. And I don't mean to sound insensitive, but for, for the ones that have passed away about it, because we did have a member, uh, a family friend that, 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 was older gentleman that passed away from the coronavirus. Um, so, um, and I let them, you know, my sympathies and my, my, my condolences go to that family. Um, but I also know people that's died of the flu and cancer and 
heart disease and all this other stuff too that yeah. that are just as that are probably more at risk of dying of those kind of things and the coronavirus is a virus it's here i mean just like the flu's here so yeah there's nothing we can do except just you shouldn't we shouldn't live in fear i mean if it's your time it's your time there's nothing we can do about it yep yeah but uh for everybody that is involved in uh, deaths and has death has yes deaths in the family right uh you guys will be in my prayers yes mine too you know um Absolutely. But, I don't want to sound insensitive because I, I do feel bad for those people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But I mean, but I mean, let's be real. Like, yeah, that is happening. But yeah. regardless that if that's happening or not, the, you know, social media is just blowing it way out of fucking proportion. The yeah. facts came out. Yeah, there is deaths. Um, but social media is making it so much more than what it is, you know. Oh, yeah. and there's a lot of fun there, and social media is our biggest platform right now. So it's just it's oh, making, yeah. it's making believers out of it, and it's it's instilling fear. And I mean, me personally, I don't have any fucking backing on this podcast for it. You can look it up yourself on Google. Google's amazing for that. But yeah. um, you know, I mean, it's just it's one of those things like you know, the government's trying to control by fear. And that's what I mean. My personality. Absolutely, and it's working for the most part for a lot of people. And testing the waters right now. Yeah, of course. So testing the waters. Anyways, yeah. So so that's the way I've seen it too. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, what? Or this is from Bobby. Bobby, you're a good dude. So what Bobby did recently? We had the black. Yeah, I seen that. Yeah. Um. So what Bobby did for those of you that don't know. Uh, we had a black or action sledge, and I mean, everybody had a Black Friday fucking release, you know. But, mm-hmm. um, for action sledge, uh, supplements, American made nutrition supplements, and uh, um, all American roughneck, they if you buy a certain amount or if you spend a certain amount, you get a gift, and it just it's like it stacks with the amount you buy. So, uh, that being said, one of the gifts for action sledge is a uh, um, sweater. And um, it's black on or white lettering on black, you know, and it's it's fitted, so it's uh, it really forms to the wear to you. Um, depends on what size you wear, but it's like true size, you know. Anyways, really nice sweater. Um, but Bobby, uh, I guess he the size that he wanted wasn't available, and he got a size too big. So what he did was, hey. Um, put in the comments that you want it if you need it. And uh, at the end of the, what he said, 24 hours, I think. Hours, yep. Yep, 24 yep. hours. He's going to um, go, he's going to write down everybody's name that posts in there that they actually need it. And uh, he's going to do a random pull out of the hat trick with uh, a name and that person gets a, the hoodie. So I just, I saw that. And I mean, I don't, I don't know why, because it's, it's like small things like that, yep. you know, can, and you know, it can inspire big. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And I don't know if you've seen it, but it's been a, a domino effect. There's been other people doing yep. it now. Yeah. There was I so like multiple people has been doing it and it's got me thinking, Hey, maybe I need to do it with one of mine. Cause I got, I got a pretty good collection on that, that release. So I was like, maybe I need to do one. Well, I mean, I don't you know, know. we'll see. And then what's what's crazy? I mean, it's just it's just a small thing, you know. And I, I, you see it blow up like that, and yep. like I mean, it's just you always hear "stay humble," 
you know, and stay kind yeah. and build the positivity. Uh, that's what I'm talking about, Bobby. Like, good shit. I'm glad. I'm glad you did that. You know, so yeah. And it's, it's, uh, for those that had the dom that had the same uh, idea or that took that idea and strived with it, um, kudos to you guys too. You know, it's it's a time where a lot of people are short on funds. You know, it's it's Christmas yeah. around the corner. You have birthdays, all that shit happening. Um, Thanksgiving, obviously, you're spending a fuck ton of money on shit during Thanksgiving, but uh, then Black Friday's right there with it, and I know that not a lot of people get to get to get what they want. So that right there is just a small kind gesture that's going to be a big big thing for somebody. And he's always doing that. He 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 reached out to me and bought some blue freeze from me, um, just to support demo family. He says um, he's just a damn good guy, man. He really is. Um, and then it's just a little small circle. You know, me and him talk a lot. Um, I think her name's Liz or something like that. She got him some hydraulics sent to him because, you know, he was going through some things at one time. And it's just, it's family, man. You know, that's all I can say is just that family atmosphere. But Bobby is a damn good person, man, that everybody roots behind him 100%, I think. He's just just genuine and awesome. Yeah, you see that? Awesome uh... guy. You see that him and Nat Lyons, they've been battling the running. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nat's question disappeared off of here, but, um, yeah, Nat's something else, man. Yeah, Nat. Nat. He's uh, he's taking a break for a minute, but he'll be back. Yeah, yeah I see Nat, yeah. Never, you know? Yeah, he will. But, I, I, I tell him I, I got faith in him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of people go through – I mean, life happens. Yep. Life happens, you know, and – um, it's just like, uh, it's just like the other guy that's, uh, not on right now. Um, he posts every now and then, fuck, why do I draw a blank on the name? Oh yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just going gonna... to, I'm going to get myself in trouble. <laughs> yeah. I think I know who you're talking about. Though. I actually communicate with him and I feel bad now, but <laughs> cause, uh, the lion guy, he started off his own little thing or whatever. Yeah. So, um, but I mean, there's a couple people and life happens, but I mean, you know, you know that, you know, we're all here for each other. And it's, like, like you said, it's a family environment and it's pretty, it's pretty unique and rare when it comes yeah. to the company starting something like this. So anyways. Yeah. So I think a lot of them leave and then I want to come back. So, yeah. um, and, uh, I know when the elite eight first got announced, you know, you've seen some people really throwing some shade and I was like, man, that, that's kind of, that's kind of cold stuff, you know? And, I reached out to Dean and like, what can I do different? And that's when, you know, I told you earlier in the podcast, you know, Dean said, do this, you know, you do these kind of things. So it just, it, it lit a fire under me, it, but some people reacted in jealousy, but I think those people are coming back around now and wanting to be back with us. And, and, uh, yeah, it's, well, you know, it's, we're a great family here. Yeah, we you are. know, it's nothing like this out there that I know of that I've ever seen. And I think that's what keeps me fired up going to, yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And um and talking about the Elite Eight coming out, they're Elite Nine now, but when they first came yeah, out the Elite Nine, yeah. Yeah. But uh I mean it's just it's like you know everybody in that Elite Eight that got promoted, you know you know all their names. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you know yeah. that they worked their ass off to get to that point and uh kudos to them. I I tell I say that in absolutely every now and then when they're brought up and you know that little situations brought up because there was a lot of fucking people that got salty and sour with it. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And uh, it's just like, you know, you should, 
this is the first promotion with the demo crew and it hasn't even been a year and uh you had people quitting you had people fucking throwing there <laughs> it's like man you should be great you should be happy for these guys it's their family for one absolutely for two, man. for two all of them okay you click on you search their name and they're gonna have posts like at least every other fucking day you know what i mean yeah and uh they post it's all positive uplifting nothing negative yeah, and but I mean, you know their names before they even got promoted, and as long at least yeah. if we were in the demo crew, uh, you know, prior to that. But uh, so yeah. yeah, John does his thing every Sunday. You know, I haven't seen him doing it here lately as much as he used to, but every Sunday, John Wilson was doing something. You know, yeah. uh, every challenge you needed to do something, and then Drew was always doing something, and Billy was always, you know, Tony and. Um, Brooke, all of them, you know, and then for Sierra, you know, she's the newest one. Just but Sierra, man, she set herself apart, dude. She was killing it. She deserved yeah. it, you know. And that's that's something that you know, it's a goal of mine. I ain't gonna say it's not a goal of mine. It's it's a big goal of mine is to to be part of the elite one day. Um, but you know, I, I gotta I always ask myself, how can I set myself apart? Because I think to be elite, you gotta you gotta set yourself apart. You gotta be, uh, you just gotta be, you know always positive, always, but she, like Sierra, she just set herself apart, man. She was creative. The shit she did was awesome. She's just an awesome person. Um, yeah, the elite, the elite are just great people, man. All of, all nine of them are just each and each, every one of them are just great people. And I I really appreciate everything they do because there's some days that I get in a dump and I look at them or Dean or Carly and I'm like, you know what? All right shake this shit off and let's go time to put the fucking boots back on yep that's right man that's it so i'm just glad to be part of demo crew yeah no i I agree um one day one day all the i i mean you know it's it's everybody's goal but i mean regardless if i get it next time or not you know i'm still gonna work off and i'm still gonna be humble and uh, exactly you know and be proud of the ones that got it yeah because you know what they're fucking they're gonna deserve it just like these guys that have it now so yep Absolutely. But uh, all right. So next question from Bobby. Uh, what's the biggest obstacle you didn't let stop you from achieving your goals? Uh, finances. <laughs> finances, man. Everybody will use money for an excuse not to go to the next level in life. Um, you got to make the shit happen. One way or another, you got to make that shit happen. And besides finances yourself. Sometimes you can be your own worst enemy when you don't mean to be your own worst enemy. Um, sometimes you stop yourself from saying things because you, you start getting in your own head and be like, I'm not good enough for something. So I, I got out of my own way and I stopped using my finances for an excuse. And yeah, I don't have much now. If I, if I took you on a tour of my shop, I've only got three sales of product on it. But that goal of having, um, which I thought about bringing other companies in, but right now I'm like, you know, I just want to be at Sledge American Main Nutrition. That's it. Um, I got Fit Butters in here now, but that's not no conflicting company. I don't want to bring no other conflicting companies in because I don't want to. Um, I don't want to damage my demo crew. Um, you know, being part of the demo crew, I, I want to keep that. Um, I love the the people. Um, so it's it's just finances. You know that I, I just didn't let it stop me. So I started little. 
And the little I got into it, I just keep turning back around, putting right back into the, the business. So um, I've taken, we did have to make some sacrifices in the family. Um, me and my wife, we made sacrifices. Um, we cut out some other things, sold some stuff um, to get where we are right now. So, um, but when I first started, you know, I heard that guy on, you know, the, the podcast with the guy with the suit company said, yeah, I only had this much money. And that's how kind of how it was. I was kind of like Seth. I had like, I think $2,700 was in my, in my savings account. And we just got back from vacation to Cocoa Beach. And I'm like, I know it was before we went to Cocoa Beach. And uh, we had a little bit more money before we went to Cocoa Beach. We hit Ron John's up. That, that almost killed us. But uh, I was like, you know what? We're doing this, man. And so uh, me and my wife decided to do it. And we put every dollar we had into it. And getting the LLC license, getting the, the register systems, getting just the little things. I was like, we didn't even have nothing. We was already broke. And then and have nothing in there. Still empty, still empty store. No shelves, no nothing. I was like, "Well, shit. What are we gonna do now?" <laughs> so, um, just had to go work harder and make some sacrifices. And um, yeah, we only got three shelves, but we plan on bringing in. We plan on bringing in three more shelves, and then we we plan on bringing in a TV for the back wall with some more shelves underneath the TV. Um, so we put we plan on bringing in a lot more stuff and. Um, and filling all the shelves with Axe Sledge, American Man Nutrition, and and just being a uh, just some some good people that the community can come to. Um, we we still got a long ways to go. We still want to um, do a lot more, but yeah, it's, finances was our biggest challenge, yeah. our biggest obstacle, and we didn't let it stop us. So we just kept going. Well, that's pretty. That's good. That's really good. Finance, uh, it's a it's a rough thing to get into like like i said i'm looking into opening up a gym and i'm I, you know one thing that i did i did i made a list of everything i need to start with before i even think about finances you know what i mean right um like building location uh what's the census around the area so what what kind of people am i looking at you know if is, is it by a high school that they play sports you know or are they am i gonna have some high schoolers in there is it by is there is there a lot of senior citizens there that is it gonna be like what kind of gym am i gonna have there what kind of community um Anyways, it's just a lot of shit, and then that's that's before you even start. You know, you got to make that's a right. plan. You got to make a plan, and like, just any business that you're trying to open up, it's fucking expensive. You know, so yeah, absolutely. If you need to get a loan, you know, that's going to take a plan, and not just going to fucking hand out a loan to anybody. You know, um, yeah. have your ducks in a row, and it's just, it's just a, and then you got to think about how you're going to promote it um, before you even fucking start yeah before you open the doors so it's a lot a lot of shit it is it is and there's a lot more to it than i thought there was um i was like hell yeah i'm just gonna sell supplements and i thought i was just gonna fill this place up with take that 2700 in bali supplements and brought in here i didn't even get to use that 2700 towards no supplements man it was just getting the overhead the lights the internet just just all the, the basic shit that you don't even think of um there's just so many things that, like you said, you did it the right way. You're doing, you know, me and my wife, we just got so excited and gung ho. We just jumped into it. Really me more than my wife, you know, I kind of <laughs> answered a little bit later, but uh, I got gung ho and I was like, we got to do this, man. I, I really want to do this. I want to leave. I want something that we can have for our family. And, you know, now she's all about it. She, at first she was so scared. She's like, why can't we just do this from home? And I probably should have started off at home. But when I found this building at the location is like, not even a hundred yards from the gym. I was like, dear, this is the perfect location. We don't have nothing like this around here. We need to go for it. And 
she's like, she stood behind me and uh, gave me all the support in the world. And so now it's my duty not to fail my family. And okay. so, yeah, so it's, it's gotta get, it's gotta make it. I have no choice but to make it. Um, and it's, and I told her, we're not going to see no turnaround on this business for at least three years. You know, it's just for what we need to get to still um, for the things that we want to offer our community. Um, we still got a ways to go, but one day at a time is the only thing I can say. It's just one day at a time. We got the, we got the, uh, the foundation put in place. So now it's just going from there, just building one building block at a time and just, just stay the course and stay humble and don't get stressed out and don't get flustered and just keep going, you know, stay positive and just keep fighting and digging and working and sooner or later we'll be there. Yeah. Well, let's keep trucking along. It takes a, takes a while. I mean, I, I can't really speak of business cause I don't own one, but just, I mean, looking into it and hearing how, you know, business owner, business owners, what they're saying, um, yeah, it's, it's always going to be a battle regardless who you are. But, I mean, it's one of those things like like when I open up a gym, do I want a small gym with only five people in it? No, I want a gym that has, you know, 30 people in it that go regularly and that are that I can become close with and help them out whenever they need it. You know, but right. am I going to have to start with a small gym with five people in it? Probably, most likely, you know, and then I'm going to have to build up on that. It's just like your supplement, your three shelves that you have right now. Yep. You want the others? Well, start with three shelves. And once those shelves are getting emptied, it's like, oh, well, it's time to improve, you know? Yeah. So. That's the thing. I think a lot of people see the big picture and they want the big picture, but you got to start with a small picture. It starts with that, that plain sheet of paper. And yep. then it starts with those drawing lines. I mean, you don't have the, the, the artwork put in front of you all at one time. You got to, you got to work your way to the picture. So, um, yeah, it's just one thing at a time, man. And and then when I finally got to that point, that's when we started seeing a lot more. Because um, I wanted everything. I wanted I wanted to own full stock. I wanted back stock. I wanted my shipping area. I wanted everything 100% before I got open. Yeah. And that, I realistically, that I'd have been I wouldn't open for two more years. So, yeah, it was we got we got the three shelves. And I remember when me and my wife got the first shelf brought in here. We was excited, and then she went and got the two more shells one day and she's like, I got the other two. And I was like, cool. So we came up here and built them. We're the happiest people just having three shells. And, and we got some used uh, sales counters from a little feed store here in town and they're kind of rough looking, but we, we, we are so happy to have those. And it was like, man, look at this. We're making strides. And so it's the little things, you know, that in, in, in this process of doing all this, seeing the smile on my wife's face, seeing my seven-year-old little girl happy that, hey, dad owns a business. You know, at seven years old, they don't see all the problems. They just see, they just think this is the coolest thing in the world, you know. And to see my son, he's 18. Um, and, and my 20, 21-year-old daughter, I got a 24-year-old son. So all of them just doing this for them is, is what really makes it worth it to me. And yeah. there's not a dollar amount I could put on it to see the smile on their faces. And to know that I'm going to leave them something one day that that's, that's why I do this. So I can't fail. I have no option, but to, to make this shit work. Oh yeah, brother. Oh yeah. So, um, everybody there that's uh, watching or listening, uh, this podcast is always for 
everybody, anybody that with the backstory or just uh, our goal is to motivate whoever needs to be motivated, whoever needs this story. Um, like, you know, Joey, you have a hell of a backstory, how you grew up and how you got out of that and brought your family, you know, somewhere else so you can grow as a better father and what you're doing with your company and everything. Um, and anyways, our goal is to reach that one person that actually needs it. You know, that one person actually needs that and um, it's going to change their life for the better. So that being said, uh, that being said, we don't, I don't, I'm not going to put any ads on this podcast. I'm not going to say you have to listen to like 10 minutes of bullshit in the, at the beginning or in the middle or at the end. Um, but what I am going to ask is share this podcast, subscribe, uh, like it, um, go to YouTube, um, subscribe to the channel. Uh, that's how we grow. And that's how we get this podcast out there. If you know anybody that is kind of going through the same thing that uh, Joey went through um, and that needs a little bit of inspiration or someone that's starting up a supplement company and, you know, is down in their luck right now and needs a little bit of inspiration or some insight, uh, give this a share. Um, get a hold of Joey. Uh, you got Instagram, Facebook. Um, what's your Instagram handle? Uh, Joey B underscore one nine seven nine. There you go. So go to, if you have an Instagram, um, follow, give them a follow. Uh, you give us a follow, but share the fuck out of this podcast. Um, but do you have anything for the listeners, Joey? Um, just thank you guys. You know, again, I know I've said it enough to the podcast, but to, to everybody in the action sledge community, the demo crew, um, I love you guys. I thank you. Um, Y'all are saying I could be an inspiration to you, but you guys inspire me each and every day. The Elite Nine, I thank you guys for everything that you guys do each and every day. I mean, you guys are a big part of our family with this, with the Action Sledge and American Man Nutrition family. Um, you guys do so much more than you probably guys realize you do. Um, Carly and Dean, thank you guys. 4DH, of course, I got to thank them for, for being just the damn best bosses out there in the world. You know, these guys are great. Um, but Steve and Dante, thank you guys for the platforms y'all y'all present for us uh, demo crew members to to speak on. Um, it's just it's just awesome, man. And all the tagging that we do with each other, uh, Bobby, everybody, um, just just the positivity, that family atmosphere, man. I just want to thank everybody for for being just good motherfuckers, man, good people. And um, it just drives me each and every day to to be a good person along with you guys. So um, thank you for everything you guys do. Well, we appreciate you, brother. And I mean, you're, you're growing. We could, anybody that's been on the demo crew for a while and been on that page and everything, um, we could see who grows and who's striving and who's succeeding. And uh, you're one of those guys. You know what I mean? Like, I appreciate it. But uh, anyways, so Joey, I appreciate you coming on. I really do. Um, yes, sir. To everybody that's listening, God bless. Stay humble. Uh, it's tough Absolutely. to right now. And uh, yeah, just keep killing life, kick life in the dick, like Seth says. Yep. But uh, yes, love y'all. Yep.